Hello, Fight Insight fans, viewers, and listeners. I'm the Filipino podcasting machine, Prince E.D., and with me, as always, the man formerly known as Timbo Slice, Timmy B. Before we start, please take a moment to subscribe to us on YouTube so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to support the show, check out MiddaySquares.com and save 15% by using code FIGHTINSIGHT15. On today's episode, we talked to a new ring announcer with an eye for fashion. We discussed Rhodes versus Carla and UFC Fight Night. Tim, hit it. I will hit it right as soon as we explain to the fans that we recorded this interview just last week. Um, so we're going to cut to that interview and then we will come back to talk about what happened with Rose. But Prince, I'm going to watch this interview while getting nude. And by that, don't worry, fans. I mean nude vodka soda. Thanks to these guys. Thank you very much. And uh, Prince, I noticed that you are not wearing ketchup red today. Yeah, I chose not to. Yeah, it's not because of what our guest told you about your attire? Yeah, I've got trauma from that now. All right, we'll see what we're talking about. Here we go. Yes, Timmy B. Prince B. Fight in sight. Yes, our guest today is the youngest ring announcer in the world, and at 26 years young, he's already won multiple awards for his work, including ring announcer on the rise in both 2019 and 2020. An athlete himself, he played Division I football for the University of Northern Colorado, and his professional credits also include being an actor, an on-air personality, a commentator, and an MC. He announced the very first bare-knuckle MMA fight and is currently announcing for BYB, XMMA, Sparta, and Airtight Boxing. You can see, and more importantly, hear him next at BYB10 Biloxi Bare Knuckle Brawl on May 28th in Biloxi, Mississippi. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Big Mo! <laughs> Appreciate that introduction. That was awesome. Was it? Thank you guys. Oh, yeah. Hit all, the, hit all the accolades, hit the history. Well done. Well done. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about Prince's uh, vocabulary. Well, no, the you know, I, no, I was commenting you first, and I was going to get to oh, Prince because right, right, the introduction right. is twofold. You have to you have to really list the accolades and everything, and then you announce the name. So that was that was nice, fellas. Thank you. All right. Good job. Good job. And thank you so much. The receiving end, actually, Will. So I was saying, like, how does it feel to be on the receiving end, to be even be called out, to be brought in? How does it feel? It feels cool. I mean, I, I can see why people like it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, you know, the world, I guess the first question really is that everybody thinks they're a ring announcer. Big yeah. Mo. Right. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're a ring announcer. You see those memes where people are like in the shower, everybody, you know, doing their jab, cross, uppercut, <laughs> hook. There should be a meme where like people in the shower are doing their ring announcing. Tell me, Big Mo, That's why does that? It's not a bad idea. <laughs> trademark, yeah. trademark. Why does everybody suck at it? And why are you great at it? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that everyone sucks at it. I think people have different styles. Um what I've said in the past is that there is a difference between a ring announcer and someone that reads names. Uh, basically, how I look at it is if you just get up there and you can speak well and read names off of a card, great. No, no, no problem against that. That's fine. I like to dial it up a little bit more. I actually like to entertain. I like to have volume and inflection and different ways to pronounce things and energy and pat all that kind of stuff. 
Um, so to me, that's more of an announcer. Um, I've seen a lot of announcers that don't really do that and they kind of just get up there and in front of the red corner, John Smith. And it's like, I get it. And that sounds fine, but I feel like there's a little bit, there's a little bit more that you could do, especially if you're the one that's has the microphone in front of the crowd, controlling the pace, controlling the energy. Like you can give it a little bit, you can give it a little bit of pizzazz. And so to answer your question, I, I, I don't think people suck at it. I just think there's different styles to it. And I think some styles are clearly more effective than others. So yeah. what a, what a gentlemanly answer. <laughs> gentlemanly for sure. Um, okay. But there are people that definitely try to mimic others, yeah. right? There is someone that's famous online on Instagram who is pretty much a Bruce Buffer knockoff. Mm-hmm. His, his, his uh, tone, his inflection and all that. It's really just mimicking Buffer. You have your own style. You have your own voice. You have your own charisma. I'm going to get to your look later, but <laughs> okay. your but your voice, you you have your mm-hmm. own style. So how important was that to you to develop that? And how, and how a, influential yeah. has that been in being successful for you? It was everything for me. I mean, whenever you want to create a personality, whenever you want to work in entertainment, whatever you want to call it, you have to be unique or else then you just run into what you just described. Um, that guy, he just copies Bruce and it's like, okay, like, great. It's a great impersonation. That's awesome. But that's just copying Bruce, right? Who are you? And so that was a big thing for me is I knew that, yeah, I, I could impersonate Bruce. I could get up there and say the same things and say it the same way and say, I mean, I'd get sued if I said it's time, but I could do the same kind of thing. But that doesn't do anything for my career. I mean, it's weird. I've, you know, I've been, I've been called the next Bruce Buffer and that and that kind of stuff. And that's obviously like an incredible compliment. I'm very appreciative of that. But I don't, I don't want to be Bruce. I want to be me. I want to have my own career. I want to have my own brand. Bruce did his. He did his own thing. It's kind of like he was brothers with Michael, and Michael was announcing first. Bruce very easily could have copied Michael. There was they were brothers and business partners. That easily could have happened, but. Bruce said, no, I'm going to take this my own direction. I'm going to do this my own way and look what's happened. So being unique is, is everything. It's, 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 it's kind of the whole game or else you just get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Excellent advice. And so let's get to your look because I feel like as important as it is to have that good voice, you have a very distinctive look. And for the people that don't know you, I'm going to put a couple of pictures on screen. Mm -hmm. So here's the first one. (laughs) All right. I was waiting for it. Where's the Dragon Ball Z announcer? Is that the next one? No, no, no. I just got so for the for the audio listeners, I'm showing uh, Johnny Bravo and Max Headroom. You have to be kind of old to know Max Headroom, but here's a real picture of Big Mo in action. This is classic you. Yep. Right. Yep. Styled. And Big Mo, oh my gosh, and your suits like perfect. <laughs> perfectly tailored man yep. you're coming yep. right out of a gq magazine there was one i swear you had like a full blue suit on with the sunglasses i'm like i'm gonna kill that man's tailor <laughs> that's not appropriate I'm, I'm i'm recording that man right there beautiful man amazing all I right wasn't, i wasn't sure where you were going with that prince but that was funny <laughs> hey. so okay so how did you come about your look because that is yeah. extremely important, man, and I and guarantee that is leading to your success as well. Because you've got a look. Yeah, I I agree. So that 
that was always a work in progress. Um, so I've enjoyed dressing and wearing formal clothes for a really long time. Um, my father was an attorney growing up. And so he taught me the value of knowing how to dress professionally and how to dress formally. So I've been doing that for a long time. Um, when I got out of college, so when I played college football, I was about 310 pounds. Um, I've now lost about 100 pounds or about 90 pounds. And so that allowed me to get a little bit more creative with my outfits, obviously, because slim thick clothing <laughs> and getting in shape and all that type of stuff. And so that was a big one. Um, but when developing my style, I basically looked at it as, okay, like, one, what do I like? Two, what's attention grabbing? Um, when I started my career, I knew that I was way behind, especially because when I started, I said, okay, well, if I'm going to dedicate myself to this, I'm going to aim for the top. If I'm going to be an announcer and if I want to dedicate myself to announcing, I need to try, I'm going to try to be the best or else I'm kind of wasting my time. That's how I look at it. Um, so when I did that, I was like, all right, well, I'm behind now. If I want to be the best, I am starting at the ground level. I'm at the bottom, right? So I recognized that I had to do and wear and dress also in a certain way that, you know, helped, helped me grow and help people understand who I was and catch attention. And that, that's ultimately how the sunglasses were born. That's obviously a staple of what I do is, is wearing those. And that's, again, that's just initially that just started as just helping getting people's attention. I was the only announcer that wore sunglasses. So that helped a lot of people remember who I was, remember my brand. Obviously now iterations have happened and, and fashion changes have happened, but what you, and, and Timmy, I'm glad you brought this up. What a lot of people don't understand. Um, and I actually had this conversation uh, with a couple of people that work in clothing for different brands. And I was trying to explain this to them. The ring announcer is the most consistent person on camera during a broadcast of a fight. This is a part yep. that, and I've talked about it before. And I, I really just, I, I think that a lot of announcers don't get this and a lot of promotions don't get this in a three hour fight, give or take the announcer. It's the same announcer for every single fight, pre-fight and post-fight and the introductions. That's the only person that that happens for the commentators are obviously off camera for the majority of the broadcast. The referees switch out and the fighters are only there for their fight and possibly a post-fight interview. So the ring announcer is the most consistent guy or, or woman. And with that being said, I'm center camera. I'm usually on camera by myself speaking. And so the point is, is that the visual component is massively important. It, it's, it, it's, uh, it's not as important as the voice, but I think it's closer than what a lot of people think because so many people are visual, right? So many people like to look at things and the way that people dress will help build their respect. That's why there's so much science into dress and colors and how you position yourself and how you, you know, how you, how you wear certain things, all of that matters. Yeah, that's very true. Prince, are you, are you are taking you, note here? No, no, no. Listen, are, are we not going to talk about Big Mo's hair? Like, ah, it, I knew, I knew you were going to say it, Prince. I didn't, I didn't even write it down as a question because I knew Prince would bring that up. The like, perfectly listen, how, coiffed hair. <laughs> Big Mo, you got to tell us, like, how do you keep the nice pH balance? <laughs> it's, it's, maybe, maybe you're born with it. Let's let's give us some hints here. What's going on? I think I think I, I do have good hair genetics. It's weird because I can't grow a beard at all. Like facial hair for me is a freaking nightmare. So you're um, half, but, are you half Chinese like me? <laughs> that's, that's I don't think so. I've got I don't nothing. Think so. Nothing. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think I've always had good hair, and um, I care a lot about it. And I don't. And once I find someone that cuts my hair well, I never leave them unless I have to. 
Um, I don't wash my hair more than probably three times a week. Um, just because the, the, I've learned that the oils in my hair help it a lot, obviously. Um, so yeah, just take care of it. That's really about it. And genetics too. <laughs> so essentially I, he's saying you're out of luck prince that, I th that's, yeah. what I'm, that's what i'm hey, getting from that can i tell you something right now like look yes. i've got a receding hairline right here <laughs> yeah it looks like a goddamn hologram <laughs> how bad it is hey, anyway uh, at least you got a good beard and you can rock a hat right oh yeah like yeah it's it's all insecurities on like on uh hat form right over here this is the situation like it's guys you know what mo I, I saw you in one event and your hair was just like i swear they had i think they had like a fan blowing in the other side because it was just like <laughs> mo, i'm serious man Look, i'm dead serious man it was like this i was like what the big mo i'm gonna you know we're talking about some fashion advice and so it is important man i do like the sunglasses that's one thing i think that really is is catchy um but i do have to ask you some fashion advice tips here Okay. okay, I'm going to show you. This is from last night. I love it. Okay. Oh, I like this. Jeez. I like this. All right. So I love I love fashion, fellas. It's a big, yeah. like, I, I'm obsessed with it, all that. So, okay. Let, let's so, go, let, let, oh, go ahead. So, so for the, well, just for the audio listeners, yep. um, you know, and if you're, if you're, if you're listening on Spotify or, or Apple, right, like come to the YouTube, that's where it's at. So we've got a picture here of John Anik, Joe Rogan, and DC. John Anik's got a, uh, what do you call that? A patterned suit. window. That's a window pane. Window, window pane. pane. All yeah. right. Uh, it's light gray with, I think it's like almost light bluish gray stitching. Uh, yep. Joe Rogan's wearing the classic black on black. And then DC's wearing gray with white. Yep. I do like that. They're different. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when Felder and Bisbing and them come out, they're all wearing the same color. That yep. annoys me to no, yep. to no end. I do want to point out before I remove this, so we can see your, your handsome face, big Mo. Yep. Uh, DC's wearing running shoes. Yep. Sketchers. John John Anik's suit looks a little baggy, maybe. Yep. So no. So here, I, okay. I'll, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it away and let you. Uh, well, no, no, keep it, it keep it on. Keep it on. Keep it on. Oh, okay. Okay. But we can't see you. We can't see you. We got, we got the voice. We got the voice. But all right, all right. I want you guys to notice something, and this is big. Like mm -hmm. all these guys are dressed well, and here's why: all their pants taper, all their sleeves taper. It's it's when you buy clothes off the rack, specifically suits, if they, they, they shouldn't fit well off the rack. Like you should want to take a suit to a tailor at least to get a couple things done. Looks like all three of these guys did this. I think Anik is dressed fly. DC's just wearing comfortable shoes, which I don't blame him. He's okay. been a fighter for you know for a long time. I personally don't like wearing athletic shoes with suits. I think it kind of to me, to me, just personally detracts from it all. And Joe Rogan's just classic with the all black, it's slimming. It's a good looking group. Good looking group. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about around the body there of Anik? Does it not look a little big? Because it's it's buttoned up. So to, to me, me, I'm a thinner guy. To me, what guy. it looks like is his jacket. His jacket isn't doesn't look like it's on straight. Whenever you mm. want to put a jacket on, I'll give a little tip to the audience here. Take down this photo. Take down the pic. So whenever All you right. put a jacket on and you button it, what you want to do is you want to take it high from the collar and pull it up as high as possible. And pull it down like that. Ooh, careful with the mic. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take the bottom part of your drape, the bottom part of the suit, and you're going to pull it snug. Exactly. Mm. And what that does, what that does, is it shapes it more to your shoulders into your back, and it actually makes it a much trimmer fit, opposed to just sliding it on because you actually don't have it on completely when you do that. So, little tip. Nice. 
Man, I'm gonna. I, guy always wear a suit jacket when I'm doing the podcast, even though I'm wearing a t-shirt. But that's because it's branded, no. right? Yeah, but, of course. Okay, I'm gonna do that more. I'm gonna. Fix Guys, that so up. quick question though. Yeah. What does all three guys have in common? Look at the picture. What do they all have in common? Try and figure it out. They're all bald. Oh, <laughs> not a single hair on each man's head. <laughs> no, no. All right, next one, uh, Big Mo. I'm, I'm having fun with this, and I'm glad that yeah, you're into this. I, I no, thought this you is, would. I've never done this before. This is sick. All right. I love this. this one. Ah, I, I am. I am showing Charles Oliveira walking to the uh, to the arena as they often do. They'll show those video shots, and in this case, he was wearing red glass sunglasses. He's yep. got his classic blondy hair. He's got a very polished white shirt with black tie, and he's got a full red suit. Plain yeah. red, full red, Santa red. Yep. I so one, I, I I admire the color coordination. The sunglasses match. Yeah. It's only a few colors. I admire that. But the ketchup red is a little little too much for me. Uh, yeah. I would have preferred to see him have other colors that were a part of it, like maybe black stitching or maybe black pocket lining, things like that, to do the to kind of combine it all. So not 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 my favorite from the night. But no, he did look good. good. Now nah, yeah. it was a little too much for me, in my yeah, opinion. Red's, yeah, red's so overrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, now this is the last one I got. I should have got more, but this is the last one I got. Um, on a scale of one to ten, okay, I need you to rate the travesty that this is. Okay, so ten is like an abomination, a fashion faux pas beyond yeah. all faux pas. This is a ring announcer I'm going to show. So we're not commenting on the person. Okay. But this is when Bellator was in Hawaii. This oh, I already know is already Michael C. Williams. <laughs> My God, Big Mo. They had enjoy all the, their... the show, fellas. I appreciate you guys having me on. No, no. Okay, Big Mo has just walked off. He's so insulted by that photo. Is are it's at just like one to ten? What is that? Oh gosh. I, 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 my thing is I hope that there was a reason. Um, I hope that it was like the 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 promotion or the venue wanted them to wear Hawaiian. I hope that there was a reason, but you will never, ever, ever, ever catch me in short sleeves. I don't care if I'm announcing in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Um, yeah. It will be a suit. Not a fan of that one. Not, not I, and Did he have a necklace on too? What did, what, oh, of course. Big Mo, you, you got to go big or go home on this. Puka I mean, shells? Oh, my oh God. Okay, uh, so again, for the audio listeners, this is not whew. a podcast you need to listen to audio, especially this episode. He's, it's Michael C. Williams at Bellator in Hawaii when they were there. Uh, he's wearing a purple florally patterned shirt oh, with a weird God. necklace he looks miserable uh all their announced team were wearing hawaiian shirts and whatever it just was cheesy i hated it and big mo i knew you were coming on in weeks and i thought oh my god what is he gonna say about this so no way in hell byb tells you big mo we need you to dress up in a hula outfit you're saying get the hell out of here i'm walking Ah, uh, well no no <laughs> No, because I do, I do like being employed. That's why. That's yeah, why I ain't yeah. judging Michael C. Williams. That's why. But it's tough, right? It's tough. It's I mean, tough. yeah, it's tough. I just, I don't know. I, I think that again, it's 
when you are placed in a position that the announcer is, where you are representing and you are speaking on behalf of a show, a show that has had fighters that have dedicated their life, they've spent tons of money on production, they have an employee, they have hundreds of employees, they have staff that put it together, they have you know viewers from across the world, right? You wear a suit. You wear a suit because I think what's also important about a suit is it's pretty universal for being presentable and being respectful and being, you know, all that type of thing. Like, I don't know a whole lot of cultures that if they saw a suit, they would just like think it's weird. So yeah. I think it's also a universal thing. But yeah, yeah, no Hawaiian <laughs> shirts for me, man. It, uh, whew. Yeah, it's tough. Now, you do say that we won't catch you in a short sleeve shirt. But on your Instagram, and it's at official.bigmo. Yep. I was surprised at this when I caught you not in a suit, but in a tank top. Oh. <laughs> Jacked. Big Mo did not know Big Mo meant big muscles. I oh love the God. research that y'all did. This Ooh. is awesome. This is Jack awesome. Big Mo. So wait, so you were, you were 310 in college. Yep, I was uh, 310. 310, uh, I think when I, my last season, I was only like three, 300, maybe 305, but my heaviest was 310. Um, so when I got done, I knew that I wanted to, knew that I didn't want to be that big anymore. So lost weight and crash dieted and definitely do it, didn't do it the healthiest way at certain times. Like I acknowledge <laughs> that, but you know, I lost it and you know, I'm, I'm confident in, in my body now. And like I said, it's opened up slim fit clothing, which is a revelation compared to what I had to wear when I was big. So uh, yeah. but yeah, no, I used to be a, used to be a pretty big guy. So yeah, well big now, but in a yeah. different form of big, different big. Yeah, different, <laughs> exactly. All right. We're talking, we, uh, you know, have talked about all the different suits, mm -hmm. uh, the, but the, the nice suits, the bad suits, the good and the bad. You've taught us how to wear a suit. Yep. Different kind of suit. I want to talk about a lawsuit. Yeah. The big company that you work for, BYB, and like I said, you know, and the reason why, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to time your appearance here today was because of BYB 10 that's coming up on May 28th. Oh, yeah. Um, but BYB, Extreme Fighting Series, uh, filed a civil suit against mm -hmm. Triller. Yep. And for those fans of the podcast, we had Alexa Culp who fought at Triller Triad Combat, that event. Um but they filed a civil suit against Triller, claiming that Triller's triad combat concept was an unauthorized and unlawful use of their own patented Trigon design. Yep. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, so, I don't know much about it. Um, okay. Obviously, I don't work on the legal side. Um, obviously, I don't work with Triller. Uh, but what I can tell you is, yeah, I know that uh, BYB has had that patented. I remember I learned about that. Uh, right when they brought me on because the Trigon is a big component of their brand. I mean, obviously they use the triangle in every piece of marketing. They call it its own thing. I know that they have it trademarked or patented, excuse me. Um, I think they have it patented in, I think multiple continents too. Like it's, okay. it's, set, it's set in stone that's patented. Yeah. Um, so when I saw that Triller was doing the triad combat, I was like, that, uh, interesting that's that's kind of a risky that's a risky thing like <laughs> you know what i'm saying and so yeah i don't know what's going to happen with it i don't know how long it'll be pursued i don't know how Triller's going to deal with it i have noticed that they haven't really been pushing triad combat recently i'm sure it's connected 
I don't know uh, where that, yeah. And, and sorry, Big Mo, I don't know where that's gone because they had a very successful event, the first one. Yep. And then yeah. there's been nothing. And like right after we had Alexa Culp on, who was a winner there, she was an MMA fighter, beautiful uh, knockout win that she had. And we were saying like, okay, are you going to go back? And she's like, yep, the next one I'm there. I'm, let's do this. And then it's been months and months and months and no word. So this lawsuit has to be something about it. You would think, yeah, you would think. And, and that's the, you know, I don't know if it was... <clears throat> I don't know if it was oversight on Triller not knowing that BYB had it patented. Um, you know, yeah. I I'm sure it's I'm sure it's rare to have a ring, or I guess a, I, this isn't a ring in this perspective, but have that be patented. But it is, um, and it's obviously very unique, and uh, it's standard of BYB, and it's 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 what they do. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, haven't really talked about it much uh, with the BYB side, just because I'm I'm on the media yeah, production yeah. side, so it's not really my job, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's part of their logo, right? The yeah. Trigon is in their logo, so I mean, that's really like it, in terms of brand imaging, like that Trigon is them. So you can see why yeah. they'd be very uh, of protective of that. Um, it uh, just recently, the reason why this is a, a timely for us to speak about it too is that a federal court just denied Triller's motion to dismiss the design patent and copyright infringement claims in an ongoing lawsuit. So, yes. and then I read a, into it a little bit. Uh, it's funny. Triller, it seems like Triller's lawyers were probably like just grasping at straws to kind of get this thrown out. They're like, oh, but but we've got a little door here. And oh, no, no, no. But our turnbuckles are a little bit different. Like it was very minute change. Look, it's a friggin triangle, right? Yeah, there's a no, triangle's there's always a triangle. to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there's, it's only two, close. there's only two fight promotions in the world that use a triangle ring. And until Triller, that was only there was only one of them. So, yeah. 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 Like it's not. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, very interesting. So we'll see what happens with that. But for people that haven't watched BYB before, yes, right. This is a growing promotion. Yes, you're the guy there helping helping bring awareness to it. What is BYB, and uh, what is the excitement that BYB brings aside from Big Mo? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so BYB is the most uh, violent show, I would say. Um, definitely in the definitely in North America. I know when you get back east, east, Eastern Europe, you got some street fighting over there and stuff like that. But BYB is as close as you get. You know, it's it's there's there's a there's a vast history with bare knuckle, right? Obviously, you you hear about bare knuckles and its origins in in the UK and things like that. But you know how a lot of bare knuckles started in America was you know what Kimbo Slice was doing. It's what Jorge Masvidal was doing. It's what a lot of those guys were doing. And Data Five Thousand was a big piece of that. And, you know, and he's the kind of the original creator of BYB. Yeah. And so what it is, is it's the smallest surface in combat sports. Um, you know, if you are one of those fans that just likes the stand-up game, just likes the punching, all that kind of stuff, then this is the, this is the show to watch. There is no getting caught in a corner because there's hardly any corners that get caught into. They're too small. Everything is forced inside. So it's a very, very uh, violent show. I would say I've only announced now... 20 or so individual fights for them. And I would say maybe two of them went the distance. I would say 90% of them didn't even make it out of the first round. It's very, very violent. Um, it's obviously bare knuckle. It's, it's awesome. And it's a great show. Um, I mean, from top to bottom, the, the production is great. The media team, I don't think that there is a better, at least that I've definitely worked with. There's not a better media team out there. I mean, when you look at the the cast that we have from, I mean, me in the ring, 
on commentary, you got Benny Ricardo, Mike Goldberg, and Paulie Malinaji. I mean, that's dynamite. Yeah. Then behind the desk, you got Claudia Trejos and Dave Ryan. You got all five of them together. They're, I mean, the chemistry's great. The quality's great. Um, everything is – it's just a well-done show. And the fights are great, too. The matchmaking is phenomenal. So I think when you look at – and Mel Valenzuela is the matchmaker. And so when you look at all of those components, like when you look at, okay, well, the production's good. The fights are good. The matchmaking is good. The, the the media team is good. Then what? Then what are we missing here? Like, what, you know that there's no there's no excuse for you not to tune in. So no, I've loved working for BYB. I think it's been really cool. Um, and so yeah, and the Biloxi show is going to be the same thing. It's going to be it's going to be an incredible show, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Big Mo, it was a pleasure to have you on our podcast, man. I, I'll tell you, you when we when we started this podcast, you know, we're researching all different people and, and stuff. We have lots of fighters on the podcast, but we like to have people from all around combat sports, right? And so yes. somehow your profile hit us. And I'm like, God damn, that that's a cool dude, man. Like living the life, super jealous. Like we hate you, just so you know. Like, really, <laughs> like tell. we really do. I can uh, tell. just before we let you go though. How is life, man? You're in Abu Dhabi. You're all around the world doing this thing. What? Just briefly, just to really make us mad. How's your life in general? You're happy with this? And when um, was the last time you took the bus? <laughs> oh, God. oh my god! He might not I, even know how to spell bus anymore. Look, that's how far away that is? Look, I this building this career has been incredible it's been it i can't even explain it you know when I t- i've talked about it before but with this industry and with this career it's very niche it's very you don't you don't see it very often like when i explain what people do they like can't even like they struggle to like conceptualize it because you just rarely see it like i'd say of of professional ring announcers that like actual travel for shows and are consistent voices and consistent people there may be 50 in the world legitimately oh that's rounding way up i feel exactly and so the thing is is like it's been cool building this on my own and especially being on average half the age of my competition it's been it's been unique trying to leverage that in certain ways um you know for me my whole goal is i want to help take combat sports to different groups of people right i want to i want to grow the sport i want to be a part of that i like playing a role i like having you know something that i was able to do to help grow a community help grow a sport whatever i got to experience that in dubai you know i got to help introduce boxing to the strongman community when they had never watched it before so i was able to do that and so Life is good. Life is life is good. It's I'm getting a lot of work. I'm I think I'm proving my value to a lot of promotions. I'm growing. I'm working on new exciting projects. You know, it's but I think what it comes down to is I'm just I don't think there's a lot of other people that work in this industry that can match my work ethic. Um, I'm constantly, constantly moving, constantly trying to find ways to piece things together, constantly trying to find brands that I can connect, that I can leverage, that I can find opportunities with, like that doesn't stop. And so I think, you know, I'm not even close to where I, where I can end up with this. I think I can take this even bigger and I think I can be the best announcer on the planet. And when I say the best, I obviously that's subjective from person to person, but I think I can be the announcer with the biggest platform or on the biggest platform. Um, and that's, that's all what's cool about that is that's dependent on me, you know, and I'm always yeah. going to bet. I'm always going to bet on myself. 
Nice, man. And you know, the thing is, yeah, you've got a good voice. You enunciate well when you're, when you're saying it, even though you're saying it at a loud, loud, you know, pitch and, and, you know, like with your bass and your voice and everything, I can still hear everything. I can still catch every word. That's what's so important to me. And like you said, half the age of most of the people, you can play the long game on this bad boy. Right, I, like you don't, I, I, I like to push now, but I agree with you. I, I know, but you don't need to like. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like when when people are at their regular day job and yep. their boss, you know, and you know, because as you go up, the the triangle gets shorter, <laughs> the trigon gets 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 thinner. You know, there's only so few jobs above you. Yeah, and if that person above you is like your same age, you're like, well, crap. Yeah. Unless unless this guy wins the lotto, I'm going to be stuck in my job forever. There's nowhere for me to go. I'm just saying. Yes, I hope that you achieve all your dreams as soon as possible, but you do have the benefit of youth on your yes. side that will get you there. And in that time, you're just gaining more experience, more, uh, you know, positivity, more publicity, everything. Yeah, I mean, Tim, and, you said it. Oh, go ahead, Prince. And be, I was just going to say that, and plus the, the amazing thing about you as well is that you can hit a note only dolphins can hear. <laughs> no, my Where's pitch is terrible. No, 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 no. You don't get it twisted. There's a difference between volume and pitch, my guy. There's, I can't, I can't hit, I can't hit high pitch, um, which I don't think it would work for what I do anyway. I, I, I was watching one of your clips and literally, like, my fish tank cracked. It was like, whoa, what the? Like all the glass. I, I take, I take the glass and I opera sing at the glass. Until, yeah. yeah, but no, Timmy, you, you hit it on the head, man. And I think you know what's. What's been a hurdle for me is a lot of fight promotions. One, they have their guy. Yeah, have their guy. Yeah. Oh, I like, and I've I've talked to every fight promotion. I'm never afraid to get told no. I'm constantly networking. I've talked damn near every single one, and you know, it's it's from a lot of them. I get answers like, "Oh, you know, well, we have our guy." It's like, yeah, okay. Every brand that I announced for had their guy. It's one of those things as to where. And they and they kind of just look at me as a kid. They I'm not. I think that there's like somehow that subconsciously plays into it. But what I basically tell them is this: What if I'm better? And they go, Well, what do you mean better? And I go, Well, I don't necessarily mean subjectively with how I announce. But what if me being a part of your brand helps build it? What if you can utilize me with sponsors and commercials? What if I help with ticket sales? What if I help with merch sales? What if I help with alcohol consumption inside the arena? Like if I can help with all of those things, then I am no longer just an announcer. I am an asset to your brand. I am something that I can actually help you scale, that can help you create something. Um, And if you don't want that, cool. Like again, like if you want a guy that just gets up there and reads names, I'm not the guy for you. Hats off. Best of luck to you. I'm an entertainer. I want to entertain. I want to create an atmosphere for people that are there live and remotely, virtually, digitally, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I think that, you know, the brands that have given me a chance to do that, I think have benefited from it and they're only going to benefit more. So big Mo, listen, I would pay top dollar to sit in one of your interviews. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Your your job (laughs) interviews. Can you imagine Tim listening to this guy? You're hired. I didn't even yeah. see your resume. You're on the spot. No, yeah, no, every, check. forget it. No, yeah, everything you say, Big Mo, is very important for people to hear for their professional lives and their personal lives. You know what I mean? Like that kind of positivity and what you're saying is is exactly the kind of thing that's making you successful and what other people should take away from this podcast to get successful in their own lives and whatever you do. 
Big Mo, before we let you go, and I appreciate we we kept you longer than we thought. No, this has been great, guys. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to say to your fans, friends, our viewers, listeners, anything that you want to leave them with before yeah. I ask you one last thing? But go yeah. ahead. Well, I'm not, I don't like to speak on success too much because I don't even think I've hit where I think I can yet. So I actually think if I talk on success too much, I'm kind of shorting myself. Um, but I know I'm going to get there. And when I say get there, I mean, grow my platform, grow to be, you know, in my opinion, the best and the biggest announcer in the world. Um, and that all stems from people in the fight community. That all stems from the people that watch the fights. Uh, that my the number one stakeholder, in my opinion, is the fans. The, this industry doesn't go without the fans. Obviously, the fighters are the fighters. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from that. But the consumers of the product, the people that actually pay money and spend time and engage in the sport and follow the fighters and buy the tickets and the t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. Like you guys are the ones that really make this thing go. And so you guys are my ultimate focus when it comes to how I announce, obviously I want to hype up the fighter. Obviously I want to be, you know, do whatever the, the commission wants me to do or the promotion wants me to do. But in my opinion, if the fans are having a good time, we all win. If the fans are having a good time, the sport grows, the promotion grows, everything grows with that. So I want to say thank you to all the people that have supported me, that have given me opportunities. Thank you guys, Tim and Prince. You guys found me and you guys have been talking to me for a while now. I'm glad that we finally found time to get on. But all the guys that have given me opportunities and given me platforms like you guys have to kind of talk about what I do, I'm, I'm forever appreciative. So thank you guys. That's awesome, man. Big exactly. Mo. We appreciate you so much, man. You are a friend of the podcast. We hope that uh, you had a good time and that you can come back one day. If there's anything ever that we can do for you, please do reach out Thank um, you. before we let you go. Do you mind yep. just announcing our podcast for us? We'd love it as a soundbite. I would love that. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Where are you guys based out of? Toronto, Canada. Toronto. All righty. It's the north of the U.S. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are live from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This is the Fight Insight Podcast. I think my pen is away. On the phone. <laughs> Dude, that was freaking amazing, man. We're going to use that. We're not going to pay you a single cent. But as we get, as we get big... We will definitely have that. Man, you are such a cool dude. Exactly as I thought. I do still hate you, but just a little bit less. So comes to the Big territory. Mo <laughs> <laughs> Big Mo, thank you so much, man. Have a wonderful day. Uh, all thank the best you. in your career and your successes. We will follow you and support you. Follow Big Mo at, at official.bigmo on Instagram. Thank you, fellas. And I hope to have you at a, at a fight one day. For sure. See you, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Ta-da! Prince, what a great interview with Big Mo. Big Mo is such a solid guy. I took a lot of pointers from him. I learned a lot yeah. from him. And so, uh, but man, like, I, I don't think I'll be able to get the suits tailored just as good as him. No. But, amazing, yeah. amazing. Amazing, amazing guy. Wicked. Yeah, fun guy, man. Great guy. And he has been extremely supportive of, of us on Instagram with our stories and the reels. We've been promoing this podcast. So if you're here because of Big Mo, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed it. Stick with us. There's lots of great episodes in our past. Lots of great ones coming up next week. Prince, 
This is a really exciting one. We like to hit people from all over the world of combat sports. We have a couple of UFC fighters lined up uh, in June. But next week, Prince, we have famous, infamous, famous Judge Mike Bell. Mike Bell. So you may recall you may recall hearing his name when they talk about the judges at ringside under UFC, Bellator, whatever. Normally we hear Sal Diamato a lot. That's the one that gets in trouble a lot for having bad scores. Uh, but we do have Mike Bell next week. Prince, I want to talk to him about a 10-10 round. Did you yep. hear about that during the Rose fight? No, no, no. What happened there? Oh, okay. So you say yes as if you know? No, yes, I know. Okay. During the Rose Namajunas fight, they talk about having a 10-10 round. They're like, oh, this round should be a 10-10. Never in my life have I heard of a goddamn 10-10 round. Apparently, if both fighters absolutely do nothing, it is absolute zero way to tell them apart. You're supposed to give both 10 because it's 10 point must system, I guess. But we will talk to Judge Mike Bell about that. We'll talk to him about some of the scoring, how that all happens. Send us questions if you want for a UFC judge. But what you if, guess, yeah, we have a quick question actually to them. What if you're not doing anything? Shouldn't you so be the, so the, nine nines? No, because it's a 10-point must system. I think that's why. So one person has to get 10. But if you're both doing absolutely nothing, if the one guy gets 10, the other one has to as well. So I think that's the thing, but I've never heard that before. Perfect timing for us to get Mike Bell on. So you mean to tell me they should have both got 10-10 all the way through? Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a second. Prince, uh, sponsors, obviously, we say at the top of the podcast, Midday Squares. We love them. Thank you very much, Midday Squares. Functional chocolate bars. Sun's out, gun's out, your stomach's out. Get yeah. thinner. Eat Midday Squares to help uh, save you on calories and all that crap. MiddaySquares.com. Use code FIGHTINSIGHT15 to save 15%. And Prince, you got another one. Yes, I've got another one, Hula Cleaning Services. So contact Hula Cleaning Services for your carpet, fitness, commercial, and construction cleaning needs. You can check them out, www.hulacleaning.com. Yeah, you got a disgusting, smelly gym. Go contact Hula Cleaning. If you go to a disgusting, smelly gym, tell the owner, contact hulacleaning.com, right? Tell them what we sent you. Uh, Prince, the other thing, and like I said at the beginning, I'm drinking my nude vodka soda, so thank you very much. And friends of the podcast update, I want to give a few things, Prince. Chris Wartime Rios, he fights at Fury 62 on Fight Pass on May 15th. So I will definitely be watching him there. Lupi Godinez murdered it. Did you watch that fight? You know what? I, I, got, I got straight to the decision. I was actually doing something. But yeah, right. I was like, yeah. You didn't I see got, the fight? Oh, man. I was, yeah. That Saturday was... Okay, so you did not see it? No, I didn't see it. Amazing goddamn fight, Prince. Not only was it an amazing fight, like just her striking, slamming the girl, like literally picking her up and slamming her. Not only that, the commentators were so complimentary. I, Joe Rogan, uh, DC, and Anik, they were all like, this is the best. Like, this is her coming out. This yeah. she is ranked after this. She is ready for a title shot. But they were so complimentary of her. Crazy cool man, Lupi Godinez, friend of the podcast, former guest. Amazing. Yeah, you know, Chris, Lupe, you gotta go watch that fight. You, you yeah, you know, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna have to just because of all the stuff that you just mentioned. But I mean, mm -hmm. again, shout out to Lupi, Canadian, Mexican. Shout outs to you. She's gonna, you know, what bright future. They they're starting to like her. She's so yeah. I think she's, 
more opportunities there. Who knows? Even promotion might see her in more posters. Can I also say, Prince, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way or anything, but she's looking better too. Like just her overall look, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's something. I don't know whether it's the the, the sun or the, something, but she looks good. Like she she's very marketable, man. This is not a girl that you need to worry about in the in the image department. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it might be a skincare products. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. um, Trap Gambino, our good buddy, former guest of the podcast, good good friend. Yes. We've said it before but he fights at high rollers in a celebrity BJJ fight. May 14th is on YouTube. It's free. High rollers, BJJ. Go check out Trap Gambino on May 14th. Prince, that's it for our Friends of the Podcast update. And I got to say, Gams. I'm, we got a nickname for him, Gams. Listen, Gams, you're looking good. You're looking yeah. solid. Yeah, yeah man. Solid. Yeah. He's dropped some weight and he's, you know, yeah. he's looking mobile, agile. Ready to yeah. go. All right, buddy. Let's uh, figure out what the hell we're talking about today. We just have a few things to talk about. First thing is, of course, the, as you said, the Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esparza fight. Yep. One of the greatest fights in UFC history. Prince, so much to talk about here. But uh, what were your thoughts on the fight? Yeah, uh, I almost fell asleep. A lot of people did fall asleep. They said that they missed the main event because they fell asleep while watching. I could not fall asleep because I pay for the pay-per-views. So I'm not going to fall asleep and miss it. Anyone that says they fell asleep, they were streaming. Fuckers. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. You know what? Honestly, for me, like that fight, I was expecting, you know, everyone fighting from both cylinders. I I thought Carly was going to go in there and just trade shots. They yeah. down to the ground, but it was just really, you know, they, they were like kind of, you know, feeling each other out. But usually you do that th- through the first round, but then they pushed it all the way through. I was just like, what's going on over here? And I, it, even some of the people that were talking to me during the fight, they're like, man, Carla didn't do enough. I, I think she lost. And bam. really, yeah. no, man, I had it that she was winning. Like, you know, I bet on her. Um, and I had her winning. I had her winning the first two rounds. I think I thought she lost the third and then she won the fourth. Mm-hmm. You, well, you know what? I, I well, thought, I thought she had won, man. I thought she did enough to win. I know she didn't win the last round, unfortunately. Yeah. Go ahead. But you know what? I, for me, I mean, listen, I was glad she won cause you know, I had my money on her. <laughs> um, but you know, even talking about that card, I mean, the next, you know, the Oliveira and Justin fight. In itself, there you go. Like that was uh that was very, very, very disappointing. Very it's disappointing. crazy. Now, Prince, we went to our Instagram and we have a, a thread that is going crazy. We had Marshall Inu on the podcast before and they talked about their fighter bonuses, right? Yep. And they talked about how crypto.com copied them and is now yep. giving out fighter bonuses. Okay. Crypto.com came out with their uh, bonuses of the night, three bonuses, 30,000 to the first, 20,000, then 10. The winner of the crypto.com bonus, Rose Namayunas. Bug Rose. Yay. What, Prince, what kind of morons are voting for Rose? Uh, now, is, now, the problem is this comes up. Is this a popularity contest? Like, what is this now that Rose deserves 30,000 on top of the 900 plus thousand dollars she got for that fight? Yep. 
she has publicly come out and said, I apologize for my performance. It was a terrible performance. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Then she has $30,000 from the, from the fans. What do you think about that? One word. Bots. Thank you very Hold much. Hold on. We haven't even talked about that. You think that's bots? Like who else would have the right mind to pick Rose? Like that was insane. Like the Chandler fight was pretty good. Like you could have done that. I mean, the Oliveira fight. I mean, we sure. Well, it's not. It's not the fight. It's the performer. Sorry, the performer. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like even the Oliveira fight that could could have gone easily that way too. Um, But you know, again, I just I don't get it. To me, I think there must be there's an inner working we don't know about. Again. For me, that's so funny. It's so funny that you say it's bots because I had one other person say that they thought that it was that too. They go, someone must have like added bots to vote for her. Here's a picture from the crypto.com website that shows the three winners for UFC 274. It's Rose Namunas, Michael Chandler, and Charles Oliveira. Yep. So the other two gentlemen, of course, deserving. I thought Lupi Godinez deserved it. Uh, yep. Andre Fialho may have deserved it. He had a crazy knockout. People way more deserving than Rose. It brings into question, what the hell is this? Now, Marshall Inu has their Marshall of the Night bonus, which also is three fighters to win. Prince, that voting just went down uh, last night, and they have not yet released the winners. I reached out to Marshall Inu, and I wanted to ask them for a comment on the Crypto.com bonuses. And or if they didn't want to speak to that, I was asking, what are you guys going to do about the bonus? What happens if like someone fudges the voting to give someone that truly doesn't deserve it? They did not answer. So I want to see who their votes are. I'm just refreshing the site now. It's at marshallenu.com slash M-O-T-N for Marshall of the Night. Uh, it says that the winners are uh, will be announced soon. So the voting is over. I did vote for Lupi Godinez. Um, we will see what happens. But if Marshall Inu ends up giving money to Rose too, it's a real problem with, with this voting system then. Yeah, it's completely twisted. It doesn't make any sense at all. You're really low. I can barely hear you. Just got to talk up. Um, uh, huh? <laughs> no, so... We were having technical difficulties before we started filming this, so maybe that's why. But yeah, you're very low. Um, anyways, we'll have to see, man. That's craziness, craziness if if Rose wins double bonuses off both these crypto companies. Why do we even do it in the first place if we know it's not going to go to the right person? Why because don't they, they, why don't they just go to the people that are watching the fight, the experts, like say, hey, you know, why don't we you know, pick somebody? Because the problem is, is that fans complain about who normally wins the performance of the night. I mean, that's what we were saying about, that's why we don't think the main event should win and all that, because they always give it to them. Jordan Levitt, he was on our podcast. He says, yeah, it seems like the main event guys always win it. Like it seems to be a bit of a popularity thing amongst the promotion. Yeah. So the idea is you, you know, these companies, crypto companies have out of their free will, uh, uh, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts, have now given it into the hands of the fans to go, hey, you guys are the guys that love the sport. You make it right. And here we go and we fuck it up. Yeah, and we give it to the person that totally doesn't deserve it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better system. They've got to figure this thing out. Just, uh, it's crazy. Like now. In- insanity. Insanity that that happens. Insanity that that, you know. Prince, we'll get to it. We were going to talk about bad coaching. 
Um, you watched the Rose and Carla fight, though, right? Yep. Did you hear the coaching in the corner of Rose? You weren't paying that much attention to me, or you just didn't? I was just so pissed off that uh, no one was going <laughs> to <laughs> they, they weren't telling her, you have to go win. They weren't telling her, you're losing. Even my wife, that barely watches UFC, she was watching that fight because she likes Rose and, and blah, blah. Even my wife was like, why is she standing there thinking she won? Like the way she was putting her hands on her hips, the way that she was walking around, the way that she was raising her hands. Like it really seemed like her coaches were not telling her that she was losing that fight. And like I said, I had her down three to one going into the last round. Yeah, two to one cool. into the fourth. And you've got Trevor Whitman in your corner. Yeah, I can barely, I can't hear Trevor, you. And you've got Trevor Whitman in your corner. That's, you know. Yeah, brutal. Uh, brutal. You know it's the, the worst fight ever. It was, you know what? It wasn't a good night for that team. Uh, it was, uh, you know, yeah. you win some, you lose some. And that, that night they lost some. And there's something that was off that night for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, Charles Oliveira is a monster, so that's that. Prince, let's go on to UFC Yawn versus Rakic. Mm -hmm. Who do you have for this card, Prince? Is there any fights that you care about at all? Um, You know what? I The only one I'm looking at is the Span fight and the Yan fight. So oh, I'm, Span I'm and Yan. Span and Yan, and I'm going for Span, and I'm going for Yan. I think Yan – I like Yan. Yan's a good fighter. He's solid. Um, minor setback, but um, I think he wants to get back into the, into the you know, the championship contender. Yeah. I do like Span because – mostly because I do not like young Kutilaba. I don't like – I don't know. He just always seems to have a bad attitude. I think when he dresses, like paints himself green like the Hulk, it's pretty stupid. So I'm not a fan of that. Ryan Span, uh, he's you know Superman Span. So who's not going to love that? And yeah, I got Jan as well uh, against Rakic. I think Jan is going to take that fight. Mm -hmm. Prince, interesting fight down on the main card: Caitlin Shukagian versus Amanda Hibas. Do you know anything about these two people? It's just I'm just glad you didn't ask me to pronounce their last names because that would be <laughs> Do you know anything about these? Okay, Amanda Hibas is number nine ranked strawweight. Yep. She's great, super marketable, got the look, got the charisma. She is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six wins in her last seven. She um, has only fought at flyweight once, and that was just to fight Paige Van Zandt. That's because they just wanted two hot girls to fight one another, okay? And he boss being top ranked strawweight, she knew she wasn't going to lose to Paige Van Zandt. So that was yeah. a good fight for her. Then she goes back to strawweight and, uh, you know, loses to Marino Rodriguez, then fights Jandaroba and wins. Number nine ranked. Her next fight is supposed to be against Karate Hottie, Michelle Watterson. Yeah. She then, Watterson then withdraws. And for some unknown goddamn reason, she's now going up to flyweight to fight Caitlin Shukagian. Who's the number one ranked flyweight? Like, what sense does this make for both fighters? Even if Hibaz loses, okay, fine, it's so stupid. But why would you waste your time getting damaged in a fight like this? And then for Shukagian, what are you thinking? Do you think you get a title shot off beating a strawweight? Like a natural strawweight? Who just came up. 
who's just coming up for no reason other than she needs a fight? That's the stupidest thing ever. Call Lupi Godinez. Lupi will fight Amanda tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stupid. This is yeah, the it's dumbest fight. I it's, It makes no sense to me what happens in this fight. Like why wow. either fighter takes this fight. Well, I mean, for Caitlin, I mean, it might be a clinic, right? She might just go in there and just go to town on Amanda. But who knows? What if Amanda pulls an upset? Sure. And then imagine for Caitlin, you'd be like, well, why did I take this fight? Like, why are you going to go and fight this straw weight and then potentially lose? It's, it's a lose-lose situation. But I don't know. That's a weird fight, Prince. So uh, I do hope Hebus wins just, just for the fun of it and just yeah. to see what the hell happens. You know, like again, I mean, Caitlin's coming off of a win as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I think she just took it on just to say, hey, you know what? You're coming up here. I'll show you how we get down up in flyweight. She's not coming off one win. She's coming off three wins in a row, four wins out of her last five. Like, she's she's a, she's the number one friggin' ranked, right? Yeah. Anyways, buddy, that is craziness. Those are the fights this weekend. Again, this weekend we've got wartime Chris Rios mm-hmm. and we've got Trap Gambino. Our two good friends. Wartime. Wartime, baby. Prince, anything that you want to say? It seems like this has gone by so quick, man. I can't believe the time flew. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, next week, we talk to Judge Mike Bell. And uh, Prince, anything you want to say before we go? Uh, Guys, again, follow us on YouTube. um, Subscribe. uh, Follow us on Instagram. And listen to us on Spotify as well. You can follow us also on TikTok and Twitter. Right. If anybody so, has watched the podcast this long, Prince, they're already done that. I feel like we don't need to do this anymore. If yeah, you've yeah. watched it this long, it means you love us and you're already subscribing. That's that's the general idea, right? But what about you as a person, as an individual? As, how are you feeling? Anything that you want to say out of your heart? Out of You know what? I'm, I'm just glad the weather is getting better. I actually went for a nice walk yesterday. So, you know, for me, it's, you know, it's looking good. It's, you know, we're training outside more and doing all this. So it's, uh, for me as a person, uh, I'm loving it. I'm actually feeling a lot better in terms of, you know, mood. I'm feeling good. Yeah, feeling yeah. Good. Getting some vitamin D in there and feeling that. Yeah, that's happy. it. That's it. How about you, Timmy? What do you, what do you say? I don't want to discuss my personal stuff on the podcast, right? <laughs> so goodbye. That was a, that was a good one. Yeah, just, this is not the place for that kind of thing. This is an MMA podcast, friends. See you later. Bye, buddy. Peace. See ya.